So we're going through still the Shishishiksastika, uh, a little deeper uh, exploration of these important verses. So on the third verse, we mentioned a few things last week. We're going to continue from there this week. So translation simply, One should think himself lower than the grass. Who is more tolerant than a tree? Who does not expect personal honor? but who is always prepared to give all respects to others. Kirtaniya Sadahari. He can very easily always chant the holy name of the Lord. Uh, there's a nice book by Sachidananda Swami called The Nectarian Ocean of the Holy Name. And I thought I would read from that this evening in regards to this verse. He writes some nice things uh, in regards to uh, humility and the, the meaning of uh, these different parts of this verse. So, Trinatapi Suniche Na, one who thinks himself lower than the grass. Why does the devotee pray to become more humble than the grass in the street? Although grass is mere matter, still it has a natural and appropriate ego, says Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Whereas my false ego, made of the gross and subtle bodies, is utterly illusory, and presumptuous, and has nothing to do with my original spiritual self. Therefore, it is most benefiting for me to become humbler than a blade of grass. As the grass in the street does not rise after being trodden down by the masses, in the same way, the pure devotee considers himself the most fallen soul, and instead of responding to the aggression of his torturers, who might degrade him out of envy, even prays for their benefit. Indeed, he feels lower than the grass, which is at least useful in the service of the cow, by being transformed into delicious milk, whereas he thinks he performs no service at all. Of course, the emblem of such humility is uh, Prahlad Maharaj. Uh, Prahlad Maharaj was born into a demoniac family. For all intents and purposes, he would have been a demon. And that was his, his background that took him to take birth in a demoniac family. But uh, by Krishna's merciful arrangement, uh, while he was still within the womb, he heard about Krishna uh, from Krishna's pure devotee, Narada Muni. Narada Muni took a, a special interest in protecting Hiranyakasi Pu's wife, who was bearing child, from the wrath of the demigods. Actually, the demigods knew from experience with Hiranyakasi Pu, Perlod's father, that he was a great demon. And naturally, his offspring would be as powerful, as, if not more powerful, than himself. So, the demigods said, well, better we just take the life of the child, maybe even the mother too. Whatever we have to do, we need to avoid even the possibility of 
this uh, what do they say spawn of Satan. <laughs> so that's how they looked at Hiranyakasi Poo, very demoniac personality. Narda wouldn't allow the demigods to kill Hiranyakasi Poo's wife and her child, and he gave them shelter. And he, of course, whatever there's Krishna's pure devotee, well, what else do they do than talk about Krishna and chant Hare Krishna and try to uplift whoever they're associating with? So naturally, uh, Narda gave good instruction to Hiranyakasipu's wife, and Prahlad Maharaj benefited from that instruction even though he was in the womb. That's how powerful transcendental knowledge is. Transcendental sound vibration penetrates all, including uh, the coverings of the womb, and it affects us, even if we're not knowledgeable of its effect upon us. It's that powerful. So, Prahlad Maharaj was enlightened in spiritual life within the womb of his mother. And, of course, when he took birth in the royal household of Aranyakasipu, who had, he was so strong that he basically, the whole universe became his servant. All the demigods were kicked out of heaven and their heavenly posts, and he installed himself or his men, and they, uh, they basically became his servants. He was so powerful that even the devotees had to show him respect. You would say, well, why would a devotee show a demon respect? You know, why would they just not worship Krishna? But still, we have to be practical in our day-to-day -day life. So, uh, in the practical application of, of their service, uh, they couldn't, of course, stand up before Hiranyakasipu. He would just mercilessly slaughter them. So, uh, in order to avoid that calamity and remain in the material world and do their service to Krishna, uh, they didn't. Uh, they weren't in a position to uh, remove him. Now, also in Bhagavatam, we have other demons that are not, were not as powerful as Hiranyakasipu that were removed, like Venu. Venu was also very powerful, but he wasn't more powerful than the Brahmins. So, therefore, they could counteract his demoniac tendencies. Hiranyakasipu, on the other hand, was so powerful, no one could counteract him. Pallad Maharaj, being born in that royal household of Hiranyakasipu, was educated in mundane affairs by his teachers. And in being so educated, because he'd already heard transcendental knowledge from Narada Muni, he didn't take much interest in the uh, education of diplomacy and the education of uh, you know, materialism, artha dharma, karma. Uh, trying to enjoy and exploit the material world. He had no interest in those things. Uh, he was simply interested in pursuing spiritual life. And when his father questioned him about what was, what, he, what have you learned in school? Naturally, when the son would come home, you know, come to see the father, say, how, how are you doing? What, did, what, what have you learned? Have you learned anything in school? And Perlot, of course, started to, teach his father about the value of human life and the value of, of spiritual life and uh, transcendental knowledge. 
And this enraged Hiranyakasipu, and he sent him back to the teachers, and he said, uh, you know, what have you done? And they said, we haven't done anything. He's come, he's of this, it's just his nature to be like this. Well, fix his nature. They tried, they weren't successful. In fact, whenever they would have some break from the school, uh, Pallad would start teaching the other students in the school about Krishna and about spiritual life. Word of this got back to his father. So the father again requested his son. And, and this time, when his son spoke of spiritual life, Hiranyakasipu was so envious and adverse to spiritual culture that he threw him off his lap. And he told his associates, kill this boy. He is the, he is the friend of my enemy. He's the friend of Vishnu. Vishnu killed my brother. He thinks he's my son. How can he be my son when he's taken sides with the enemy? So in so many ways, they tried to kill Haranyaka, tried to kill Prahlad Maharaj. And as we know the story, they were unsuccessful and ultimately the Lord himself protected Prahlad Maharaj. The point of all this is, imagine. Now first of all, if you read Bhagavatam and you read this wasn't just some casual kill my son. I mean, they did everything in their power to try to kill him. And it's explained in the Bhagavat. It's very interesting that the reason they weren't successful is because, of course, Krishna protects his devotee, but the, and the devotee is not truly on the material plane at all. In other words, they're situated transcendentally. That's why when Krishna, when the Supreme Lord comes to this plane of existence, he doesn't take on a material body. Similarly, the devotee's material body becomes spiritualized by using it in the Lord's service. Just like if you may have some medicinal drug. The medicinal drug only has potency if what? If that energy of the Supreme Lord is there to make it effective. So similarly, things are effective or not effective according to the desire of the Supreme Lord. So all of their attempts to kill Prahlad, and they were, I mean, pits of snakes, throwing them off mountains, putting them when he was lying down, putting him in front of, you know, under elephants, burning him in oil. Nothing had effect. Just like a medicinal herb will not have an effect if it is not, you know, properly maintained. Despite all this, going through so much, and despite the fact that Hiranyakasipu finally became so frustrated, he said, I'll kill you myself. Where is this God? And of course God appeared and he didn't get his chance to kill Pallad Maharaj. Despite all that, and why Prahlad is the emblem of humility, the emblem of being <clears throat> so, so tolerant to be trampled like a blade of grass, is despite all these attempts to kill him by Hiranyakasipu, his first request of the Supreme Lord was, Please, can you deliver my father that you just killed? I don't want him to suffer. 
Imagine. Just like Lord Jesus, he also had that similar mentality. Think himself lower than the grass. And again, in, in, in Satchitananda's explanation here, Bhakti, he points out something that Bhaktivinoda brought forth. What did he say? He said, at least the grass has some value in Krishna's service because the grass is eaten by the cows and the cows give milk and the milk is offered to Krishna and Krishna becomes pleased. There's some service the grass is doing. Me? I do no service. I do nothing of any value for Krishna. That's the humility that Krishna's pure devotees maintain. Even they may have so much qualification, they personally feel themselves devoid of any qualification. Tarori ba suhi suna. One who is more tolerant than a tree. The tree is reputed to be tolerant because even the woodcutter who cuts wants to cut it down receives a generous shadow in fruits. If heat scorches the tree or torrents of rain pour down, it still provides shelter to others. Similarly, a pure devotee does not argue and oppose when being misunderstood and blasphemed. He does not claim anything for himself, but is always ready to give and to help others. Without consideration, I'm sorry, without considering the person, he feels deep compassion for each living entity always meditating on how to help them to attain the highest goal, attraction for chanting the holy name of God. Reading something like this, it sometimes gives us pause because sometimes even within the community of Vaishnavas, of Krishna's devotees, there can be some, some difficulties, some uh, differences of opinion. And... When there are such differences of opinion, if we are to be successful in our personal spiritual life and in enthusing others in spiritual life, if we're to be successful individually and collectively as a community of Vaishnavas, we have to be this tolerant. Even we have, even though we're insulted by Krishna's devotees, even they put us into difficulty, we still have to give all the fruits of our service to them. And sometimes it seems more than we can handle. Sometimes we feel like, let me just stay at home. Let me divorce myself from the association of devotees. Or our mind becomes so out of control that we only see the worst in them, not the best. If we allow such mentality to remain, it will ultimately devastate our devotional advancement. So we have to be very careful. We have to be extremely humble. And we have to be extremely tolerant. And if there's a different opinion, even if I'm right, let me say I'm wrong for the benefit of pushing forward Lord Chaitanya's movement. Now, we do draw the line at certain things. And I'll discuss those things with you in due course of time. Uh, there are certain things, like if the devotee wants to dress up like the gopis and dance around, and 
with other women, we're probably going to have a problem with that. If a devotee comes in and, and wants to do harm to another devotee, there's certain places where we draw the line. But in simple day-to-day working in devotional service with Krishna's devotees, simple little disputes and differences of opinion and differences created by misconceptions, which are bound to be there because never, not everyone in the community of, of Vaishnavas is on the same spiritual level. So sometimes we have what, they, what may be put forth, we may have difficulty understanding or what we're trying to explain to somebody who may not have the same adhikari, the same qualification we have, they may not understand. No matter what the cause, humility has to rule the day or we will be in great difficulty in advancing in spiritual life. Amanena, one who does not expect personal honor. To be free from false prestige is the third quality of a devotee who chants without offenses. Again, we're talking about the platform of Nista here. Remember this third verse represents in the, the platform of Nista, which is steadiness in devotional practice. And before one reaches Nista, they've gone through a Narthanivriti, means that the bad habits, the bad things in the heart, have gradually been dissipated. Maybe, as we explained last week, not 100%, but to such an extent that it does not interfere with our spiritual practice and advancement. This means to have a pure heart, free from all bodily designations that are rooted in ignorance. Whether they relate to the gross or subtle sphere, or to psychic powers, wealth, beauty, high birth, strength, respect, or influence. All these designations are only attributes gathered by our false ego. False ego. They have nothing to do with our spiritual identity. Pride is the greatest danger in spiritual life and can cause fall down on every stage. What's that mean? Every stage even up to the platform of bhava, spiritual, ecstatic involvement in devotional service. This pride can even be dangerous. Pratista is the Sanskrit term. Pratista. What can I say? We just have to guard against it. We cannot let our foolish mind think that we are, you know, that we, we have so many qualifications. Uh, at every stage, we must guard against pride. What do they say about pride? When's it come? Pride cometh before a fall. Mm. Manadena. One who is always prepared to give all respect to others. Mm. A pure devotee, however, even if he has all reason to become proud will remain in a humble position. Instead of desiring to be praised, he recognizes himself as a servant of all other devotees and offers them obeisances and service. By looking upon all living entities as eternal, as eternal servants of Krishna, knowing Krishna to be there in their hearts as Paramatma, he feels neither envy nor jealousy. 
He offers his obeisances to scholarly higher persons and serves advanced devotees with his body and soul. Trinadapi Sudhichena, lower than the grass in the street. Tariba Suhisuna, more tolerant in the tree. Even when they come to chop us down, we still serve, we still give our fruits. We, we continue with our service even when others have no appreciation and have, have, have want, want, to, want to interfere. Uh, Amanada, who does not expect personal honor. Manadena, but who is ready to offer all respects to others. Kirtaniya Sadahari. We have four qualities here. Four qualities. Lower in the grass in the street, more tolerant in the tree, not wanting any respect, and willing to offer our respect. Four qualities that a devotee has, who's truly at the platform of steadiness and devotional practice. If you observe a devotee and you don't see these qualities, just understand they're not at the platform of steadiness yet. We're not here to these are, these are instructive for us. And if we don't see these qualities developing in ourselves, if the false ego jumps up and, and, and wants to accept some honor and worship and is not willing to recognize the good service of others, then realize we're not, we're not yet at the platform of, of Nista, of steadiness. When you get to this platform of steadiness, when you have these four qualities of utter humility, what's the, what is the benediction? The benediction is you can steadily chant Krishna's name in transcendental bliss continually. Kirtaniya Sadahari no impediment to your chanting when you come to this level of humility. So, Bhagavad Gita, as it is. I thought we would... Uh, we're going to not cover very many verses tonight. Uh, we're going to dwell a little bit more on this process of surrender. So, we're going to chant together the 66th verse. We chanted 65 last week. Manmana Baba Madbato, Majajimam Namaskuru, Mamivayasi Satyamte, Pratijana Priyosime. This verse and the verse we're going to chant tonight, 66, these two verses together have 64 syllables. These 64 syllables are the gems on top of the jeweled uh, chest, which is Bhagavad Gita. So they are what attracts us. Is, is what is the real, you know, shining quality. And this, uh, this explanation given by Vishwanath, wherein he says that the first six chapters represent the base of this wonderful uh, gem and crested jewel chest. And the last chip, six chapters uh, represent the, the top. And inside it, the middle six chapters of Bhagavad Gita, the heart of bhakti, where devotion to the Supreme Lord is explained. 
Now we're at the end of this great literature, and Krishna is summarizing. And in summarizing, these two verses, the 65th and the 66th, are the, the highlight of the surrender that Krishna is trying to give us through the teachings of Bhagavad Gita. Engage your mind always in thinking of me, offer obeisance, worship me, being completely absorbed in me, surely you will come to me. So we'll chant the 66th verse. Sarvadamram purichyajya, mamikam saranam raja, hamtvam sarvapapedyo, moksa yashami masuchaha. Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Majanatramanandasya, janajana salakaya, chakshun militanyena, tasmai shri gurave namaha. Born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes. With the torchlight of knowledge, I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. The verse that is quoted here gives us the essence of the surrendering process. Uh, this verse was also relayed to Sanatan Goswami by Lord Chaitanya himself when he was instructing Sanatan Goswami in the process of pure devotional service. And I want to read the word for word so that we can really enter into what is the process of surrender. Because Krishna is talking here about abandoning all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. So Krishna is saying you can abandon all the formalities of religious practice as provided to humanity if you simply surrender. And if you can come to this platform of surrender, you don't even need to worry about any sinful baggage you're carrying into the process. Generally, in, in the practice of yoga and the different, in the practice uh, specifically of the Karmakanda section of the Vedas, in the application of the Varnashram system of four social uh, divisions according to occupation, Varna, occupation, uh, Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra, uh, Varna, Ashrama, Brahmachari, Gridhastra, Vanaprastha, and Sannyas, spiritual divisions of life, Ashrams, uh, which which correlate to our aging in a body, Brahmachari's student in early life, Gridhastra, married householder, Vanaprastha, retiring from life, stepping back and dedicating this human body to the real goal of human life, which is spiritual advancement. It's kind of hard to really concentrate on your spiritual advancement when there's kids running around the house. <laughs> When you've got to take care of the husband 24-7. It's difficult uh, when the husband's got to go out and, and procure, uh, procure so much for the maintenance of the family and for the, the, uh, the raising and protection of the children and the education of the children. But once the children are taken care of, then the end of life, we shouldn't simply go on spending all of our time building a big nest egg. 
you're going to be kicked out of the nest soon enough. All the egg in the world isn't going to protect you. <laughs> the kicking out is coming. So be aware of it and use the last part of the life. Retire. Retire as soon as you can. And spend the remainder of your life after you tend to do your family responsibilities, after those are properly taken care of, spend the remainder of your life pursuing primarily spiritual advancement. We still have some responsibilities. We can't simply shirk them all and run off. But primarily we want to concentrate on and for those that are extremely advanced uh, at the end of life, uh, they can even take to the platform of complete renunciation. When Krishna speaks of abandoning all the different practices of religion, which he has himself given, not only in Bhagavad Gita, as Prabhupada points out in the purport here, he's not only provided in Bhagavad Gita, so much information about working to purify the mind and the senses, working without a desire to enjoy the fruits of your labor, karmic activity without, without the desire, niskarma, karma. He's given so many instructions, so now he's coming to the, to the, to the essence. And the essence is if you can engage in the sur a complete surrender unto me, then you don't need to worry about all religious formalities that are normally taken up by humanity under direction of my scriptures in order to eliminate sinful reaction. Because the result of sinful reaction is a bad impious result. Impiety means bad. The next birth can be bad. We can be diseased. We can even lose this human form of life. If, we're, if we go that far off the mark, material nature can be very, very harsh. Of course, material nature is working under Krishna's direction. Maya Dakshina Prakriti. Material nature is working under my direction. If you can surrender to me, I'll take care of everything. What's that surrendering process? This verse speaks to that. This verse in the purport is the surrendering process. Anu kuyasya sankalpa prati kuyasya varjanam. Anu kuyasya. Of anything that assists devotional service to the Lord. That's the translation. A new kuyashya, anything that assists us in devotional practice. Things that are favorable. If we can sankalpa, if our intent can be to employ those in our life, that's the first of the six items of surrender. Take on everything that lets me remember Krishna. And let's me serve Krishna. Prati kuyasya. Prati kuyasya. Of anything that hinders devotional service. Varjanam. Complete rejection. 
If it doesn't assist us in serving Krishna, we don't need we have no real interest in it. Raksishyati Iti Viswasa strong conviction. He will protect, thus have faith. Strong conviction. Viswasa. Accepting things favorable. Rejecting things unfavorable. Having faith that if we do that, it'll work. Go tritve in being the guardian, like the father, father or husband, master or maintainer. Varanam, acceptance. Accepting that Krishna is, is our protector and our master. Now it's interesting in explaining. Prabhupada never, throughout his explanations, in all the books that he's written, when it comes to the primary practice of our devotional life, which is chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That's our primary focus for purification, Shaito Darpana Marjana, for purifying the heart. In explaining how to chant, Prabhupada says one thing again and again, chant like a child crying out for the protection of its mother. Chant like a wife who's separated from her husband, who's away. Chant like a calf needing sustenance from the mother. Primarily he mentions the child being fully dependent on the mother. That's a symptom of our surrender. To chant like that. To chant and we don't need to really think of anything else except Krishna, please maintain me, protect me, nourish me. Maintain me, protect me, and nourish me. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. We're thinking of that. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Maintain me, protect me, nourish me. If we can chant like that, what else is there need? There's no other need to think of anything. We don't need to let other thoughts come in. We just simply need to cry out to Krishna as our supreme, as the supreme protector. The other symptom of surrender is master and servant. We do devotional practice under the guidance and protection of the spiritual master as a menial servant. Menial servant, I don't need anything in return for this. Just being able to serve you in and of itself is sufficient for me because I know simply by serving you selflessly, my spiritual advancement is guaranteed. Selfless service. Anyavilasita sunyam janakarma janavritam the beginning of Srila Rupa Goswami's instructions are the same basic core ingredient, the core ingredient of surrender 
to Krishna. No, as, no other aspiration. Janakarmajanavrita. Don't need any big knowledge. Don't need any good sense gratification in return. I'm not here to do business. I'm here to learn one thing. That is, how can I love unconditionally and serve Krishna the way he wants to be served? That's the beginning of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Nectar of Devotion, the handbook for our spiritual lives. And if you remember, we mentioned a verse earlier that Prahlad Maharaj gave when he was speaking to his father about the goals of life. The goal of life being devotional service. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smarnam Padasevanam Archanam Vandanam Dasyam Sakyam Atma Nivedanam Atma Atma Nixsepa Karpanye The same meaning is there for those words. Full self-surrender. Atmanivedana in Prahlad's verse means complete surrender to Krishna. Coming full circle, how does this verse end? Sadvidi Saranagati. First of all, the last word of the next to the last line. Karpanye. The translation is humility. So the Atma. Niksepa is full self-surrender. Karpanye, humility. Sadvidi, Sadvidi. What's Sad? Sad is sixfold. Sadvidi means sixfold. Saranagati. Saranagati. Surrender. These are the six principles of surrender that Krishna is talking about in this pinnacle verse of Bhagavad Gita. Again, accept everything that's going to help you in your devotional life, in remembering Krishna. Reject anything that's going to give you difficulty in doing that. Being fully dependent on the Lord for protection, accepting the Lord as our only master and our position as servant, full self-surrender, surrendering everything, complete. How? Meekly and humbly. Are there any questions about this? Prabhupada goes on at the end in the last paragraph to this important verse to explain that our full self-surrender, our full of these six items of surrender, we should do in relationship with Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, in, in our studies of Krishna, the Supreme Lord's many opulences, We've learned that the Lord has many, many different features. He manifests Himself in many different forms for the pleasure of His devotees. He's worshipped variously. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagyavaniti, Sabhyate. He's worshipped in different aspects of His potencies. 
his Brahman effulgence, his localized aspect of Paramatma and, and his spreading uh, throughout uh, as super soul of every living entity and his power in, uh, within every atom, within the universe, within his material creation. And we hear that there's Lord Brahma, there's Lord Nishringa, there's so many different forms of Vishnu, there's the Karnadakshai Vishnu, Kashira Dakshai Vishnu, Garbo Dakshai Vishnu. So the Lord comes and he can be worshipped in all of these forms. But Srila Prabhupada gives emphasis to the mentality that we, that he directs us to be the most advantageous and that is a mentality of worshipping Krishna, the original. Krishna's tu Bhagavan Swayam. The original source of all those various manifestations. In his original form. Located in his original pleasure groves. Surrounded by his dearmost associates in threefold bending form, playing his flute, the quintessential beauty which surpasses all of his other manifestations and the wonderful pastimes that he exchanges with his topmost associates. Those four distinct transcendental qualities of the original personality, Krishna all attractive. That is the form of the Supreme that we concentrate on, that we meditate on, that we give all of our energy to in our service. Interesting, just to give you an idea of the mentality of Krishna's, the inhabitants of Krishna's personal pleasure growth. Those topmost lovers of Krishna, of course, are the gopis, headed by Srimati Radharani. And at a certain point, Krishna disguised himself as Lord Narayan. Narayan, who's in charge of all the other Vishnu, who's the original source of all the different Vishnus for material manifestation, and who presides over the Vaikuntha planets, where the Supreme Lord is worshipped in awe and reverence with full knowledge of Him being the Supreme Lord. Krishna manifested Himself before the gopis as Lord Narayan and they had no interest. Have you, can you tell us where Krishna is? If you can't tell us where Krishna is, then we're fine. Thank you very much. We'll be on our way. The position that we come to in this Sampradaya, following in the wake of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and under the expert guidance of Srila Rupa Goswami as our delivering guru and all the other instrumental gurus who are coming after him to give us instruction and help us in our spiritual pursuit, is all aimed at Worshipping that original supreme personality of God, Krishna.
And the aspiration is given to us by Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. I Nanda Tanuja Kinkaram. O son of Maharaj Nanda, Krishna. Nanda. Maharaj Nanda is only with Krishna in Vraj as his father. I Nanda Tanuja Kinkaram. O son of Maharaj Nanda, Krishna. Somehow or other I've fallen into this place of exploitation. Please pick me up and place me as an atom at your lotus feet. That is our spiritual aspiration as Lord Shaitanya. We're not desiring to be anything more than an atom in that transcendental atmosphere. Any questions? I have a question. Um, yes. I may have this written down at home, but I'm not sure. So, um, this Pari Bhakti Vilasa text, um, mm-hmm. it's, the ex- it's the six items that are accept everything favorable, reject everything unfavorable. Can yes. You, can you list those for me, please? And, I mean, I got the first two. And then, is, does does Nikol have exclusive be exclusively dependent on Krishna's protection and be something like that? Yeah. I, well, the actual translation that Prabhupada gives us in Chaitanya Charitamrita, because Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke this exact verse in instructing Sanatana Goswami. So Prabhupada's English translation is as follows. The six divisions of surrender are the acceptance of those things favorable to devotional service, the rejection of unfavorable things, the conviction that Krishna will give protection, the acceptance of the Lord as one's guardian and master, full self-surrender, and humility. So that can be found in the Madhyalila, uh, 22nd chapter, verse 100. The chapter of the process of devotional service. Anything else? All right. Thank you so very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.